You're listening to an amazing podcast from an amazing podcast company. What's up, Mob Talk fans? Jimmy Naples here, Johnny Ciccatelli. We're here live at Cut and Toast. I want to say happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everybody out there. This is going to be our last show of 2022, so we'll be seeing you in 2023. But Johnny, we got a we got a great show in store for them today. Yeah, another uh, Mob Talk with cigars from our wonderful sponsor here, Cut and Toast, 160 Lowellville Road in Struthers, Ohio. They got a nice cigar lounge here. You can become a member. There's all kinds of stuff you can do, but uh, Cut and Toast, they're, they're a wonderful sponsor of us. Uh, we want to thank our other sponsors as well. We got Prima Cucina Italiana, downtown Youngstown, Ohio, great Italian food, and Pro Team Auto Sales, which is on South Avenue, uh, on the South Avenue corridor, heading to downtown Youngstown. Uh, if you're looking for a ride, guys, stop by Pro Team Auto Sales. Jeff and the team there, they'll take care of you, treat you like family, and uh, they're they're really good people. So we can't you know say enough about them. And thank you to all of our sponsors, and we just really hope you guys please support our sponsors as well because they allow us to do this and to do everything we do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I, I want to send a shout out to our sponsors as well, Cut and Toast, Prima Cucina, and of course, Pro Team Auto Sales and Jeff and the boys down there. Uh, I want to thank all of them. You know, they've been a great help to us. They allow us to keep doing this, what we love to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so thank you very much to you guys. Um, and, you know, we got great things coming. Let's, uh, let's tell them real quick before we get into the show, what do we got coming? Oh, well, first off, you know, our big one is in February, guys, we are pretty much taking over the Robbins Theater for Wise Guys in Warren. That's what we're going to call it here. We're, uh, we're doing four nights, four shows. It's going to be the first night is uh, Goodfellas. They're playing Goodfellas. So if you stay tuned uh, to our group and our, our YouTube channel here, we're going to give away tickets to that show. Um, that's what, February 8th? Yeah. And February 9th, the very next night, we're doing a live mob talk, Youngstown mob talk at the Robbins and Warren Theater, or the Robbins and Warren. And we're going to have tickets to give away for that as well coming up here. Uh, All you got to do is, if you want to win those tickets, share the event page. Find the event page. Uh, It's Youngstown mob talk at the Robbins. Share that page. And you'll qualify for uh, to win two tickets. And if you comment in the comments below and you, you tag people, We'll also put another another entry for you in the contest. So that's coming up the very next night. They've got a Michael Jackson Who's Bad show, and there's a mob connection to that. We'll get into again. It's uh, um, Frank DeLeo was Michael Jackson's manager, and Frank DeLeo, of course, was a very mob-connected guy. He was a music producer from Pittsburgh originally, but he spent a lot of time in Youngstown, actually died here, um, you know, not... I forget how many years back it's been now, but of course he played Tutty Cicero, you know, Tutty from, uh, from Goodfellas. So big connection there. And then the very following night, so that would be the 10th, and then on the 11th, February 11th, they're going to have the Frank Sinatra Music Experience. So we'll, it's going to be fantastic, man. It's going to be a great week. We're going to have, we're going to have tickets, though, uh, Youngstown Mob and, and our Mob Talk show. We're going to have tickets to all of those shows for you that you'll be able to win. So please... You know, subscribe to our channel, our YouTube channel, and that's what that way you'll never miss a video. You'll always be in the know, and you'll be able to win tickets. So, and you know, today coming up later for our 
our, our guys that show up here tonight at the Youngstown Mob Talk with cigars at Cut and Toast, we've got a few giveaways as well. I'm going to give away this book here, Wicked Akron, uh, Tales of Rum Runners, Mobsters, and Other Rubber City Rogues. I'm going to give this away. We're going to give away some gift cards, some tickets, things like that. So it always pays to come to the live events, guys. Um, you know, we got plenty of giveaways there. So, you know, that's pretty much everything we got going on, I think, right? Did I miss anything? Uh, oh, we do have something else coming. What's up? Uh, first half of the first season of The Vice Squad. That's true. Tell them about it. Guys, this is the next step for the Youngstown Mob Talk and the Steel Valley Syndicate. The Vice Squad podcast is going to be dropping very soon. So you need to get to the YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash amazing podcast company, and subscribe. Because when this drops, this is going to change the game. It's uh, Rick Perello, yep. the very famous true crime author, former Cleveland you know, area police chief, uh, true crime author, screenwriter of Kill the Irishman, the Danny Green story. Uh, he's written several books. He is a member of the Vice Squad with us. And he's got, he's got mafia connections. Uh, yeah, his, his grandfather was... His uh, grandfather and his great uncles, just kind of like me. You yeah, know? They, were, they were among the first kind of bosses in Cleveland. And the first mob war ever in Cleveland was the Leonardos versus the Pirellos. So. And he's got a Vegas connection. Yeah, exactly. With Sammy Davis Jr. So. We'll, and we'll get into all that in the Vice Squad pod. Um, and also, of course, we've got Vince Guerreri. So it's, it's Jim, it's myself, it's Rick Pirello and Vince Guerreri. The four of us, uh, we are writers on the show, we're producers, and every week, it's more like a documentary style show. It's not, not so much a, a mob talk, it's, it's more of a, a detailed documentary show. So every week we'll cover a different crime, criminal, um, specific point, and we'll get into that for you know, about a half hour or more, um, really document it, detail it, and give you guys the whole story. That's going to be great, guys. That's coming your way, so please pay attention for the drop of the Vice Squad pod and subscribe and like and do all that good stuff because we need your support. You know what's exciting about it too? What's that? Is, yeah, we're going to focus a lot on, you know, Youngstown and that, but we're going to really hit some Cleveland stuff. We're going to really hit some Pittsburgh stuff. Probably even get some West Virginia and some Akron in there. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great for this region, really. You exactly. Know? You know, we're, you know, the, like Jim was saying, the whole region is has got a huge history. and that's, that's one of the reasons we're giving away this book here today, Wicked Akron. Uh, shout out to the author, Kimberly Hagelberg. That's a good story. There's, there's, some, there's connections just all through Ohio, but they all come back to Mahoning Valley and Cleveland area for, for the Ohio connections. You know, if you hear any mobsters that ever went through Columbus or Toledo or anything, they always reported back to Cleveland. Cleveland was like the, the, the family there. Um, and then of course, Pittsburgh, really took over yeah. and like you mentioned from Youngstown down to you know uh, West Virginia and down that area Pittsburgh had big control so very just this whole area is connected and people people from outside this area nationally don't really understand that you know they don't they don't understand how Ohio is so connected I mean they get they get a little bit of it because you know you you, you go other places and people hear you're from Youngstown like oh you're from there you know so people kind of know the city but they really don't know the stories. They don't yeah. know the, the characters and the people and and just how much this area played an influence even in the national scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even in Vegas, there was 
you know, guys like Vince De Niro owned a casino out in Vegas, the San Suchi, you know, all that. And the thing is, all that money from Vegas came from Cleveland Teamsters. That's right. You know, so. The Stardust and, and all that, yeah. And just about every mobster in the country had a piece somewhere of some casino somewhere. That's right. Whether it was Vegas, Havana, yeah. you know, wherever. So uh, it's gonna be, dude. It's gonna be great. I can't yeah. wait. I'm excited for the audience. They're gonna get, they're gonna get some brand new stuff. They're gonna hear some things that they probably never heard before. Yeah. Uh, we, so, so that you know, makes we, me happy. We got a lot of feedback about, you know, wanting more content, wanting more, you know, more stories, more things. So that's what we're doing. It's the whole point of the Vice Squad, guys, is um, to really shine a light on, do deeper dives on these stories, and that's what that podcast is. So really looking forward to that. Those will be bi-weekly, so every two weeks new episodes will drop. And uh, yeah, we really look forward to your feedback on that show. I got one other little thing that uh, I'm kind of working on. This project's kind of in the early stages. Uh, but what I'm working on is creating a repository for all this information that we gather, FOIA requests and things like that. And what I want to do is I'd like to set up a network where we get other people from other areas that submit their FOIA requests, yeah. submit it with their email address, and then what we do is we create a repository. When they submit their email, that puts them on the list, gives them access, and then they will have access to everything that's there once they upload. Working on some big stuff for you guys. Yeah. So, so be great. yeah, for anybody who's a mob uh, historian, aficionado, just wants to know more, we're gonna have a lot more stuff coming up in 2023. We're working on some big stuff. Um, the mob tours, we're working on that. I can't wait to share more information about that, get that to you, uh, but stay tuned. And, and like I said, our, right now, if you haven't gotten tickets to the, to the show, February 9th at the Robins, they're still available. I think all our VIPs are maybe sold out, but, uh, but all the other tickets are still available. So please come out to the show. It's gonna be a fun night, guys. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and the first of many, hopefully. Yeah, and uh, I mean, tickets are reasonable. It's not like you're going somewhere and paying $60, $70 for a ticket. Exactly. Uh, reserve seats that are left are 25, and general admission are 18. So, I mean, get some yeah. tickets, come on out and see us. Uh, we have a few little surprises planned for that day. So yeah. it's, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be fun. Don't wanna give anything away right no. now, but, but no. it's definitely, a, yeah, get your tickets, robinstheater.com. And, uh, and check that out. So, what do you want to talk about today? Today we got a mob talk. Let's well, uh, let's actually get into the mob a little bit. Let's let's, uh, let's talk about the Naples Crabby War. Ah, uh, okay. And, and the reason I brought this up is because I know a lot of our viewers, you know, probably listen to the to Crooked City, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, and they heard a lot about the you know the Crabbyist recording trafficking, but what maybe some of them don't know is is there was kind of a two way street there going on, right? Yeah, yeah. So, tra Jim Trafficking, when he ran for sheriff in 1980, he was taking money from both sides. He was originally um, linked up with Charlie Carabia, the Carabia brothers. And through Charlie, actually, he accepted money from both factions of the mob in Youngstown, which we talked about Cleveland, we talked about Pittsburgh. Um, Cleveland was through the Carabias. Uh They were the go-between. Um, you know, they, they paid him, I believe it was uh, $100,000. And then he also accepted about $60,000 or so from Jimmy Prado and Joey Naples, that side of it, which they gave their money to Charlie Carabia to give to traffic it. Uh, of course, the Carabias tape-recorded Jim 
talking about these bribes and, and openly accepting them. I think they were using that as insurance, right? Jim Trafficant, when he came on the scene, he was a very, um, he was a wild card. Yeah. I mean, he always was, his whole life. But back then, I think especially, nobody knew, you know, what, what to make of this guy. So, you know, they had their insurance. That was, that was their insurance. They taped well, of, it. Of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's Mob 101, extortion and blackmail and, you know. They, it, if you look at the whole thing, okay, and people are probably saying, well, why did he take money from both sides? Well, most people have to understand, Youngstown was split. Part of it was Cleveland. Part of it was Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, and that was all in efforts to maintain so each side would maintain their control of their territories. And that so he would lay off of both sides. Yeah. And that's, you know, a lot of people think, well, why? You know, that's the reason why. Yeah. Now, actually, he, so he, he, what he says on the tape is, look, I'm taking this money to look the other way, to let them do their gambling operations. He's not going to stand in their way of any of the rackets that they're doing as the sheriff, as the Mahoning County Sheriff. He was going to look the other way. And let's be real. I mean, to get elected back then, majority of the people were on payroll. This is, a, this is at a time when the chief of police in Youngstown was a former FBI agent in town, and he was known to be corrupt, um, known to have you know associates with with Joey Naples and his crew, um, known to be. And that's, I mean, that's, so we're talking, this time frame, we're talking probably, what, early, like 1980, 78, yeah. mm -hmm. 79, 80, yep. right in there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what people need to understand is this police chief, Stanley Peterson, yep. has ties going with those guys all the way back into what? Those the 60s. 60s? Yeah. When late he, 50s, while, 60s. while he was an FBI agent in Youngstown. I believe, no, actually it was into the 50s, I believe. Yeah. Because uh, if I remember correctly, there was a couple uh your request that I got back to her from like 56, 57, and he was a special agent signing off on those. Yeah, he, well, he, we definitely know that he became corrupted, yeah. in the, at least in the 60s. So, so it goes back, his ties go back, and it was to Joey and Naples and his crew. Yeah. Now, let's fast forward to Jim Trafficking. He takes this money, and he claims that the money he got, he gave it back to Charlie. Now, conveniently... The only person who can corroborate that is Charlie Crabia, and he went missing. So, you know, Jim was uh, kind of caught, you know, caught with his hand in the cookie jar once they got these tapes. Now, these tapes themselves, they actually found them. The FBI found the copies of these tapes in Joe DeRose's apartment. Now, Joe DeRose, for anybody who doesn't know, was um, uh, an associate with the Crabias. Um, he was a hitman. He would do hits for them. Um, he was kind of an enforcer, and this was right around the time we told you when a war broke out. So the Krabby brothers, um, traditionally, you know, the town was split. Youngstown was split between um, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Cleveland, we, we talked about the Krabby brothers were kind of their representatives, uh, and the Pittsburgh side was Briar Hill, Jimmy Prado, Joey Naples, those guys. So with the town split, uh, there was a, a they had a, they had an arrangement. Certain percentages went to I believe it was twenty five percent of the of the gambling operations went to Cleveland. Twenty five percent went to Pittsburgh. Twenty five percent went to the Carabias. Twenty five percent went to uh, Naples and Prado. Yeah. That was kind of how the, the the breakdown the split went. Well, then uh, in the late seventies, Ronnie Carabia gets convicted of in the plot to kill Danny Green, the Irishman up in Cleveland. 
Um, Ronnie was, of course, the guy that pushed the button, uh, according to the feds, and he ended up getting sentenced to life in prison. So when he got sentenced in the, in the late 70s, um, the, the, their turf was Struthers, Ohio, which is where we're at right now, and Trumbull County. That was um, Cleveland area. So whereas Pittsburgh had the city of Youngstown and other areas. Yeah. yeah. And when Ronnie gets convicted, uh, I believe Joey Naples saw an opportunity. Um, he gave a green light to an associate of his named Peeps Canonico. He gave Peeps the green light to start a uh, sports betting operation and bookie uh, operation in Trumbull County. And the logic there was, well, Ronnie's in prison. Uh, Jack Licavoli's got his legal troubles. He's going, he's going to prison. Um, no one's going to stop you. If you, if, if you go ahead and set up shop. Now, I'll back it up a little bit. Peeps Canonico... Uh, became associated with Joey Naples when Joey Naples was in prison. Um, he went away on a was a gun charge. Yeah, I believe that was the gun charge and the stolen, stolen, receiving stolen property. So he went away on a gun charge. He went, to, he went away to prison. While he was in prison, uh, Peeps Canonico was his bodyguard in prison, yeah. and the Joey made him a deal. He said, "When you get out, I'll give you some territory. You can set up and everything." So Peeps gets out, and he's actually still in a halfway house. He's before he's fully released. But he already makes it known out in Trumbull County that he's setting up shop. He's going to open up. Well, this did not sit well with the Cleveland faction, the Crabias. Uh, Charlie Crabia has his guys, whether it be Joe DeRose, it's never been proven um, who did it. But Peeps Canonico was shot and killed outside of the halfway house he was at one night. And he, yeah, that was the spark that kind of started this war. After that, guys like um, Jack Tobin, who um, was said to have ties all around, but some people considered him part of the Naples faction. I don't believe he essentially was had a side, but um, I did see some that said he was also part of Cleveland too. Yeah, so he was he was very very big sports bookie in town. Uh, He was shot and killed in Austin town. In I believe 1978 or 79, his his good buddy Charles Grisham, Spider Grisham, also killed. Um, one of the one of the suspects in that case was Joe DeRose. Uh, it was always thought that Joe DeRose pulled the trigger. Um, he had a beef with those guys, dating back to their days as um, burglars. Yeah. And there was maybe you know something about a jewelry heist, and um, you know according to Phil Christopher in the book Super Thief. Phil Christopher meets Joe DeRose in prison in Terry Hout, Indiana, I believe. And he says that um, all he talked about was getting revenge on Jack Tobin and Spider Grisham for beating him out of a jewel heist or some jewelry deal. So, you know, that uh, is why Joe DeRose is considered a suspect. So now you've got a few guys dead. um, And Joe DeRose at this time was kind of considered a loose cannon. He was, according, according to all his friends and associates at the time, he was doing drugs, popping pills, that kind of thing. And he talked a lot. Yeah. He made it known that he was going to get Joey Naples. Yeah. And Charlie as well, Charlie Carabia, um, supposedly had also talked a lot and said that they were going to get Joey. Well, I think the thing with Charlie was this. Um, if we look at the FBI records, okay, uh, Naples of Prado had gone up numerous times to meet with 
uh, Licavoli. And Angelo Leonardo, yeah. Angelo Leonardo, and requested a few times to permission to have him killed. And, of course, yeah. they were denied. Um, but then it came to a point where um, Charlie was, was back to, you know, was talking bad about his own people. Yeah, and, so. And I think that turned, that was kind of a turning point for them. Yeah. You know, hey, if he's talking bad about us, what else is he going to do? Yeah. So to, to back that up, so Jack Licavoli at this time is the boss of the Cleveland crime family. Angelo Leonardo, the underboss. Uh, Jimmy Prado, Joey Naples, like you said, they would meet with Leonardo and Licavoli. And yeah, they said, you got to do something about Charlie. He's talking a lot. He's talking a lot. And so they said, don't, you can't touch Charlie. He's off limits. Uh, we'll talk to him. We'll tell him to tone it down. So this happened two or three times, and eventually, after the you know third time, second or third time, Licavoli finally told Prado and those guys in, in Naples, we talked to him. If he still continues to talk and and say things, do what you got to do. Because I think their logic was well, Ronnie's in prison. They didn't want to, you know, they didn't, Charlie was untouchable because he was he was filling in basically because Ronnie was in prison. Right. Well, once they had warned Charlie. Cleveland, Licavoli, they, I guess their logic was, well, there's still another brother right. in Orly Crabia. Right. So they didn't, they said, okay, we're not going to, if you need to get rid of Charlie, go ahead and get rid of Charlie. So, and unfortunately that's, he disappeared. 1980, not, not long after that, yeah. they found his car up near Cleveland. Um, according to Leonardo, Naples, Joey Naples apologized for that and said, well, whoever dropped the car off didn't know what neighborhood they were in. They didn't know where they were at. Right. But the, um, Lenny Strollo ended up testifying years, years later uh, in his trial that he was the one that made the phone call that day to Charlie Carabia and set up the meeting yeah. for when, wherever Charlie went, whether that was the Stardust Motel, um, wherever he went, he never came back. Yeah. So that was kind of the story there. So now you've got Joe DeRose out there and they're trying to get rid of Joe DeRose. What are they going to do? How are they going to get rid of him? And it's known, there's, there's tapes from the Calamar where Jimmy Prado says, we gotta get rid of Joe DeRose. Yeah. Um, Nate, Joey Naples then hires some guys. He brings in, Phil Christopher was one of them. We, we mentioned him. They brought him in from um, the Cleveland area. They had some other guys where they said, well, we gotta get rid of Joe DeRose, whatever it takes. So first time they try to get him, he and his girlfriend um, are leaving an apartment in Boardman or Canfield, I don't remember, when two gunmen showed up, popped up out of nowhere, and actually shot Joe and his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I believe she was hit, she had to have multiple surgeries. Um, she's a great person, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, she survived, and Joe survived as well. He got hit in the wrist, and I believe in the neck. And, uh, and after that, he knew, okay, he, they're, they're trying to get him, right? right? So. The next step, they, they survived that, that attempt. The next step was he had uh, another girl out in Pittsburgh that he would always go see, Joe DeRose. So Joey Naples and those guys rent an apartment across the hall from her apartment in Pittsburgh. They tapped her phones. They're listening to, to her calls, trying to figure out where Joe is and where, where they're gonna get him. Well, at the time he was keeping his car at his father's house in Boardman, Ohio. And one day they had, the, they had some guys staking out that house. 
One day, Joe's dad goes to move his car, and the gunman must have thought it was Joe Jr. They show up, bang, they shoot the old man, and he dies in Boardman. Yeah. So there's the second attempt they try to get him. Uh, later on, they actually tried to poison Joe as well. There's a whole there's a whole thing to that. But eventually, they got him. They you know if they, if they want to get you, they're going to get you. So um, Joe disappeared just like Charlie. Body has never been found, and uh, he was eventually late, later legally declared dead. Yeah. They found his car, his, his his Pittsburgh girlfriend's car burning out in Peninsula, and uh, and yeah, and he's never been seen again. Yeah. But the FBI then raids his apartment and they're looking for things and they find these tapes, these cassette tapes in a bread box yeah. in his house. And that, when they push play on these tapes, that's where they hear Charlie Carabia talking to a, a candidate for sheriff named Jim Trafficant. And that was where the whole, the whole trial for him and all, all of Jim's troubles started when they found these tapes in Joe DeRose's apartment. Yep. So, you know, that war that kind of went on, um, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly how many people died, um, but there were several around that time on both sides who were killed around the Mahoning Valley. Um, and eventually, Charlie Carabia goes missing, Joe DeRose goes missing, um, Jim Trafficking goes on trial. He beats the case, of course. Uh, listen to Crooked City if you haven't listened to the, to the podcast yet. We, we detail that in detail. You know, I almost, I almost think it's at some point, if it didn't come into play, that uh, if Charlie would have still been around when they found the tapes, right? If he still wouldn't have wound up going missing. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, yeah. You, you get yourself on tape like that, and they're using it as evidence. Eventually, they're going to come after you. Yeah, yeah. So. I think the word got out that these tapes existed. Yeah. I think that had something to do with Charlie disappearing very, as well. Could, yeah, very well could have been. You know, I think there was mistrust from, from the Naples side as to whether or not they actually, he actually gave Trafficant that money. Well, there was that. So yeah. I, I do remember that, that being one of the things that was discussed because I think that's another thing that kind of set off the Naples Carabia thing. Yeah. Was because they didn't trust that he actually gave the money. They thought they thought that Charlie kept it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and they're like, "Where's our fucking money?" Yeah, you know? exactly. You don't play with that hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, even back then. They even, well, make... today it's a lot, but you know, back in the eighties. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely a large amount of money. And um, you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, Trumbull County was Cleveland territory. Right. So they had a guy named Joe Perfetti yeah. out there, and he was a big sports bookie. You know, had all that, that operation. But that was Cleveland territory. So as soon as Joey Naples started moving in and getting his guy, putting his guys in Trumbull County, that's, uh, it really sparked the yeah. war. So, and after that, of course, you know, Pittsburgh ends up taking over mostly after that because yeah. now Charlie Krabby is gone. Uh, I believe Orly Krabby made a deal with Rado. And you got, um, you know, during that war, we talked about, uh, we skipped a guy. There was a, a guy named Dominic Senzarino. Junior Senzarino, and he was a cousin to the Krabby brothers. So he was naturally aligned with the Cleveland guys. Yep. But around this time, Ronnie had gone to prison. Uh, Junior Senzarino had started working with Prado and, yep. the, and the Pittsburgh guys. Um, he was running, whether it was a bar boot game or just you know poker games, whatever it was, gambling operations. 
he was doing these operations and, and giving a cut or, you know, working well, with Prado. And two, I think at this time you can't really fault him for, for, for doing that. I mean, yeah, he is family to grab you, but you can't fault him for, for going and, and working with somebody else because yeah. my thought would be, you know, well, his thought would probably be at this time, look, Ronnie's in prison. Now Charlie's missing. Yeah. I need to, I need to take care of myself, make, make myself some money. How am I going to be able to do that without having to look over my shoulder all the time? Yeah. And he figured he could go to Naples because they were running everything and he could still, you know, make a living. Well, whatever the case was, it did not sit well with Orly Carabia. No, it did not. And, uh, and for many years, so, so Dominic Sanzarino gets killed in his garage in his house in Poland. Now, people, the FBI and the law enforcement for many years attributed this to Joe DeRose. Because they knew Joe DeRose was a was a hitman. He was he was shooting you know people that they couldn't figure out the motive. They didn't know what was going on. Turns out it was not Joe DeRose. There was actually another guy named uh, Robert Dorler. Bob Bob Dorler. Bob Dorler was a cellmate of Ronnie Carabia in a during a different time um, when Ronnie was doing a stretch for something. Bob Dorler was from um, like middle of Ohio and. He became friends with Ronnie. Ronnie told him, when you get out, come see me. Well, when he got out, when, when, when Dorler finally got out of prison, Ronnie was already on trial for the Danny Green case. Um, and so he goes and sees Ronnie. Ronnie says, well, go to Struthers, see my brothers, talk to my, talk to my brothers. So he gets there, and at this time, this is right when Charlie goes missing. So now Orly's the guy to talk to. And Orly tells him, Bob Dorler, okay, if you want to work for me, I have a job for you first. Take care of this guy and his Dominic Senzarino, his Junior Senzarino. And this all comes, by the way, all this information comes from uh, Robert Dorler gets arrested, serves the rest of his life in prison, and eventually he makes a deal with law enforcement to cooperate, to tell them um, his role in some of these things. And he says, I killed Junior Senzarino. And he tells them why. He says, Orly, Orly Carabia hired me to kill his cousin. And so he explains how he does it. Um, he snuck in. Junior Senzarino pulls into his garage. The garage door's coming down. Um, Dorler sneaks in with a, with a shotgun. And as soon as uh, Senzarino gets out of his car, goes to walk in his house, he turns around and bang, he's blown away by the shotgun. Now this Dorler guy was not the brightest. He just killed Dominic Senzarino. He panics and says, how do I get out of this garage? Now he must have been in prison when they invented garage door openers because he didn't know that you could just push the button and get out. He's panicking. He actually jumps out of a window in the garage, cuts himself open deep and almost bleeds out. Yeah. And uh, eventually he goes and, and you know, to, to uh, you know, Krabby's house, and I believe it was his mother's house in Struthers, and Orly shows up, gives him some money, and says, get out of here. He ends up going to, like, Columbus and, and everywhere and recovers. But, uh, but Dorler testifies years and years and years later that it was he, him that killed Dominic Senzarino, and, uh, yeah, his, his... And it was because of him going to work for the Naples. Yeah, yeah, for Prado, it was, yeah, yeah, Jimmy Prado and them, yeah. So, you know, a mob mystery for many years. D Junior Senzarino, what happened there? That was all this guy Bob Dorler, um, 
just, you know, crazy. Crazy how it works. I know, right? There's been many cases, not just in Youngstown, across the mob in general, where family members yeah. make the call and kill another family member. It's crazy, but it happens. It happens a lot. Yeah. It's happened in Youngstown several times. So yeah. we'll get into those in future stories. But, exactly. you know, so that's, in a nutshell, we, we, you know, we skipped over a lot, but that, in a nutshell, that was the, the war at the end of the 70s and the early 80s. Uh, and, and the result was that after Licavoli goes to prison, that same time he ends up dying in prison for the Danny Green hit, Cleveland was decimated. Uh, Tony Del Santer, who was another Trumbull County representative, had died a few years earlier of natural causes. Ronnie goes to prison. Char and Charlie they never goes. Opened the books, and the, you know. Yeah. I think they opened them a little bit in the in like I want to say around like '65, but then they kind of closed them. Really. They they only made like three, four guys, and then they kind of closed them and never opened them back up again. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple guys like Libertor, you know, Tony Libertor, and uh, Calandria, and those guys. Yeah, I forget that, what year and, they got made, but. And I think any of the guys that any of the made guys that are still up in Cleveland. I believe most of them are transplants, like from New York or Jersey, things like that now. Yeah, so I just know the end result right. of that war between Naples and Crabias in, uh, in Youngstown, the end result was that Pittsburgh took over, yeah. uh, for the most part. They, Cleveland still got their small percentage, right. but it was really became Pittsburgh territory. You know, you had Charlie Murgy and the, the Consul Yeti from Pittsburgh. He was living in Warren. Right. Um, so and I, think, I think anybody that was left over from Cleveland, I, I don't want to say they got folded into the into the Naples group and the Pittsburgh faction. Yeah. I think it was more, more or less they were allowed to keep the territories that they had. Yeah. They just had to kick up some money. Yeah, yeah. You know. And so, you know, the whole Danny Green thing was really what brought down Cleveland yeah. in a nutshell because after that, uh, you had Leonardo becomes the acting boss, um, and he then his whole faction, his guys, they all go away on drug charges. Yeah. So the guys un underneath him were dealing huge amounts of coke, and so all of a sudden the old man uh, Leonardo, he gets, you know, hauled in on these 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 drug charges. He's looking at like a hundred years. And he was already an old man, so he became the first boss, the Cleveland boss, to ever flip. Yeah. And he gave all these stories, and uh, he talks about Joe DeRose, he talks about all that stuff to, to the Senate in 1984. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the end result is Cleveland becomes decimated, and Pittsburgh reaps all the benefits. Yeah. And Pittsburgh grew stronger. And for those of you out there that want to hear more about this, you're going to have to tune in for the Vice, Vice Squad podcast. The Vice Squad pod. We're going to go into deep, deep dive on that, on that stuff. So make yeah. sure you stay tuned, subscribe, and listen. Absolutely. Um, Johnny? Tell them where they can check out all our podcasts. Go to youtube.com slash amazing podcast company. Make sure you subscribe. That's the number one thing. Because that way, every time we post a video, you'll get a hit. You'll get an email. It'll say, hey, new video's up. Check that out. Please, uh, guys, like this video. Share it with your friends. That really helps people find us, find our show. If you're watching this on YouTube already, uh, go to Facebook. Join our, our group, the Facebook uh, group. It's called Youngstown Mob. We're up to 28,000 members. 28,000, man. That's unbelievable. Yeah. We've got, you, you'll see links on there, lots of stuff coming your way. But, you know, I think that'll do it for for our Mob Talk with Cigars, the last one of 2022. Yeah. We got. And, uh, before we go, I want to send a big shout out and a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas 
to cutting the guys here at Cutting Toast for having us here and mm -hmm. letting us do the show here. You know, we love it. Uh, everybody that you know shows up for these shows, you know, that's what makes us great. I want to shout out, send a shout out to our other sponsors, Prima Cucina in downtown Youngstown. Make sure you check them out. They got some great food. Oh, it's delicious. And that octopus. Oh my! By the way, oh. I just got a shot. That I had the octopus the other day. Oh, that's so so good. Fantastic, fantastic. And last but not least, our paisans down at Pro Team Auto Sales. Jeff and the boys. You got to go see them. They'll get you hooked up with a great ride. Now that winter's here, you're going to need the four-wheel drive and all that good stuff. Go see Jeff and the boys down there. They'll take care of you and they'll get you right. And they'll treat you like family. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us, everybody. That was an amazing podcast from an amazing podcast company. To watch with video, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash amazing podcast company. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a review. It goes a long way in helping other people find our amazing content. For more, visit our website at www.amazingpodco.com.